I did this series three years ago, distracted. And I will go back to our main scripture is a parable Jesus told of the parable of the, of the seed. And two years ago, man, we talked about every, every which thing. So I encourage you, it's still up on our YouTube, still up on avenuechurch.cc. You can watch through all those. Um, but this has been my biggest heart. My biggest heart is Distracted 2.0 is to take us more from, 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 from the, here, here's the things that are distracting us to, to why they're distracting us. Uh, I really want to take our church a little bit deeper from, from just, you know, you know, God is good all the time to, to I, I surrender my life to Jesus. I really believe we need to preach the gospel a little bit more in our churches today. I really believe there needs to be more, uh, more transformation, more revelation. And in that, it's, 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 it's my part as a pastor, but it's also our part as well. For those watching us online, those that are in the building here today. And so this is my heart. I didn't think I was going to go back to Luke chapter 10, but I'm probably going to sit here for two more weeks. And I love this because I was going to go back to the parable of the seed and where Jesus said, you know, the seed went on rocky ground or on the weeds or amongst the thorns. And, and then there was good soil. But I really felt like Jesus said, let's go back to Luke chapter 10. And so here's Jesus and he, he entered a village and he's, with, he's with, uh, in, the home of, in, the, uh, in the home of Martha and, and she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted. Say distracted. Distracted. Martha was distracted. How many know? ESV said distracted. I didn't have to go amplify it to find the word distracted, all right? And it said with much serving. She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care? That my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. And I think we've all said this one, or, uh, one time or another, right? Like, Lord, my entire family's at home, and I came to church by myself, bunch of deadbeats, huh? Right? <laughs> or, Lord, I'm doing this big chore, a big project all by myself. Lord, and I love how Mary, or Martha, goes up to Jesus and says, hey, what about her? She's an issue. She's a deal. And then he says this. Then the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. Where's my, uh, is it baby boomers? Marsha, 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 right? Martha, Martha. Or even millennials, right? They change it every time too, right? I don't know what I am. But you are anxious and you are troubled about many things. You are anxious and troubled about many things. I think sometimes a parent will go like, Mary, get up. Help Martha. Or maybe another parent would go, well, leave Mary, let Mary be Mary. Let Mary just do what Mary does. And you do what you do. We're hungry. But this is what Jesus said. You are anxious in your trouble. So Jesus wasn't distracted by out here. Jesus was honed in on what's in here. There's many things out here that could, that could perceive like we're, we're doing the right things. But Christ says, this is great. And yes, this, this, uh, this needs to happen. But let's talk about this first. He says, you are anxious and you're troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion. Now, next week, I'm gonna talk a little bit more about this on uh, what it means. Does it mean I don't serve and I just sit at the feet of Jesus? No, it means you do both. But at this moment, Mary had chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Woo, Jesus, do a work inside of us. 
But Father, may we open up our hearts today to say, Holy Spirit, may I leave differently today by the, by the revelation and the knowledge and the information that, Father, I pray at least a transformation outside these doors. Father, I do not want to stay the same. In Jesus' name, everybody shout it. Yeah. Amen. And amen. Come on. All right, let's go. Um, the opposite of distraction a lot of times we think is what? Focus? right? Clarity. The opposite of distraction is like, man, I am like, how's your day? I had a distraction-free day. It was incredible. I was in, in, <laughs> I was focused and honed in. I was like, but as I begin to study this a little bit more, I want you to know I'm going to be teaching today. And, and what I begin to learn is that the opposite of distraction is not focus, but it's actually traction. It's actually traction. And it's not focused because, and then there's so much more I could go in here, but I want you to know that traction helps us to accomplish our goals. So traction is, you know what, I, I, I might get distracted, but there's something in my life that's going to help me to accomplish my goal. So a lot of times when we get pulled away by distraction, our traction actually draws us back in. And so here's distraction. So traction helps us to accomplish goals, but distractions lead us away from them. And I want you to know, we have goals in our life. My goal is to uh, get the sermon done, you know. Uh, my goal is to be able to do what I do as a job. My goal is to be able to get home at this particular time. My goal is to be a better a husband or a better father. This is the goals in my life. But I want you to know, those are great goals. We need to have goals. We should have plans and purposes and desires and dreams. We need to have those things. But on top of everything, I want you to know that the goal in this life is abundant life. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to distract, but I have come so you may have life and abundantly, an abundant life. But here's what Jesus says. So this is interesting. Luke chapter 10. Lord answer her, Martha, Martha, you're anxious and you're troubled. You're troubled. Now, I have a fancy Bible program, right? And if I click on this word, uh, I click on it, and it, it goes, boop, and it takes me to this whole uh, Greek definition of what the word means. And inside this word, when Jesus said trouble, this was the original word that he said. And so when he said, and don't be anxious, and don't be, mm, that little Greek word, it means Jesus was saying, don't be upset, and don't be distracted. So don't be anxious and nervous and worried and upset and distracted and distracted. And so I love this because Jesus says, don't be, you are anxious and distracted about many things. But the one thing is necessary, Mary chosen the good thing. And so here's what's interesting about troubled is a lot of times we think that the opposite of trouble is pleasure. We think if I'm not in trouble, then, then everything's good. And this is kind of the measure of the Christian life. Give your life to Jesus, you have a pleasurable life. Trust me. Right? And the mature Christians in the house are laughing, right? <laughs> they got a twitch. <laughs> because the opposite of trouble is certainly not pleasure. The opposite of trouble is not pleasure. And many of us, we translate pleasure as the absence of pain, and that creates a need to be distracted. So when pain comes into our life, we go, oh, that's not godly. Oh, no. And then we go, you know what? Distracted. I'm going to distract myself. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going I'm I'm to walk away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull my phone out. I got a TikTok right now. I got an Instagram right now. I got a Facebook right now. I got to check my email. I got to do the yard. I got to. 
And we only do this typically when we have a need to be distracted from the pain. Now, I can go big. There's, there's big P, right? <laughs> there's big P, and that's pain, like large pain, like, like, like pain as, as like, uh, man, you know, I thought this was going to happen, and I didn't get that job. Or, or I got divorced. Or, or someone died in my life. And, and there's, 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 there's large pain, but then there's also small pains. Small pains can be like, I don't want to do this task right now. I don't want to do this job right now. I'd rather do the fun thing versus the, the, the thing that needs to get done. So there's lots of different types of pains in our life. But I want you to understand, as your pastor, when you raise your hand at the end of service and you say, I am saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God, you fill that connect card, check mark that box for me, you know, so we can help you find your next steps. I want you to know when you walk out of here, you are not absent from pain. Jesus is with you in the storm, but you're not absent from the storm. And I want you to know this, that pain is often God's tool for us to change. This could be a fun word today, right? Yay! (laughs) Praise the Lord! But pain is often God's tool for us to change. This is hard for me to reconcile. This is hard for me right now as a pastor. I'm 38 years old, been in ministry 20 years. This is hard for me to reconcile. Does, Does God cause pain? I, I don't know. But what I do know is that he uses pain. I do know he, he uses pain. God, God's not evil. He's not uh, malicious. God's not angry. God's not out to get you. But I want you to know that God will use pain because pain's often God's tool for us to change. This is so interesting. Is this? And this is from the general psychology, uh, the great article. And they said, distraction is just another way for our brains to attempt to deal with pain. If we accept this fact, it makes sense that the only way to handle distractions is by learning to handle discomfort. So if you want to walk out of here and go, I'm going to be undistracted. You walk out of here today and go, distractions will not have me, I will have distractions, you know? What we need to learn is we need to how to handle discomfort. Because the satisfaction and pleasure were permanent. And this is like the Christian life right here, like... Yes, it could be forever. But how many know if, if, if satisfaction and pleasure were permanent, there might be very little incentive to continue seeking further benefits or advances. How many know pain is a great teacher? Right, uh, James, right? The, uh, our, uh, the Bible says that, you know, the, 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 as we suffer, right? As we suffer, it produces perseverance. As we persevere, man, it creates endurance inside of us. And as we endure, we're not tossed to and fro from the news and from what's going on outside of us because Jesus has done something inside of us. So here's four ways that we distract ourselves from pain because I got to be a good pastor, right? And I'm going to help us to kind of reconcile. There's four ways we distract ourselves from pain or there's four things that happen that causes us to be distracted, all right? And so here's the first one. I can really relate to this one. Y'all ready? Boredom. Yes. Yes, Lord, right? This is me right here. Come on, boredom. I mean, what, what, what did we do before cell phones? Like, what? I mean, how many know before cell phones, we had the newspaper. Before newspapers, right? We had Reader's Digest. Where are my Reader's Digest people at? Yeah, Reader's Digest. Come on. All right, I'm not that old, but I had some great people around me. <laughs> you know, and for many of us, a lot of times we can, we, I'm going to talk about this next week. So you got to come back next week. I promise you every week is better and better. Yeah. I promise you every week is better and better, right? 
But I want you to know that I'm gonna be talking about this, but there's many things that we do that we say, I need to cut cell phones out, no more cell phones. Well, guess what? You're going to find something else to distract you because it's not out here, it's in here. Right? You're going to be like, no, I'm not going to have the internet. All of a sudden you have a stack of newspaper in your, in your, <laughs> you know, in your whatever. You know? And so a lot of times we, we get bored. This was so interesting. In 2014, there was a, they did a study on boredom. So they gathered a bunch of men and a bunch of women, and they, they you know, stuck them in a, in a study center. And, and they would take one individual at a time. And they said, for 15 minutes, you need to stay in this room. No, no devices, nothing in this room. You're all by yourself in utter silence, except we're going to leave a, just a, a mild taser. A taser. Yeah, taser. You know, electri- like to, to, to electrocute things with, you know? And this is a true study in 2014. And so they left, they left an individual sitting there in a room for 15 minutes with a taser. And I want you to know, 25% of women shock themselves. <laughs> like, well, I'm just looking at your mom, you know. Mom, you know. I mean, can you have I mean, they're like, I can't. Yeah. But can I just tell you this? <laughs> oh, Lordy. Oh, no, you ready for this? Hey, refresher, where you at, right? Right? 67% of men. <laughs> 67% man, right? Where my boys at, right? <laughs> We're like, ah, God. Probably multiple times, ah. I see two guys in there, God. And here's the general census of this study. I love this. The general census. People prefer doing to thinking. And listen to this, here's, 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 here's where it really hits home. Even if what they're doing is so unpleasant, they would normally pay to avoid it. There is something about this study that people wanted to avoid silence. There's something about this study where people wanted to avoid thinking, meditating, pondering, confronting. And so number one is, it's, it's boredom. I really want us to be able to I mean, I found myself, man, I would, you know, sit at home and I'm bored. Like, I don't want to play video games. I don't want to do this. You know, I'm, I'm bored. And, you know, Pastor Lindsay at a conference. And so I'd be like, whoop, phone, phone comes out. Can I tell you that this week, you know, I'd look at Instagram. I got to see how God's people are doing, you know? I got to be a good pastor. I got to see how you guys, I mean, what, I mean, is there somebody's birthday I missed? I got to say happy birthday. Like, I got to make sure I follow the right people, you know? And so uh, one morning I got up and uh, I was literally like, I'm going to reduce my social media time, you know, and it's not crazy. It's not like hours upon hours, uh, but it's just in those bored moments. I used to tell Levi, you need to learn to be bored. Well, guess what, adults? You need to learn to be bored. And so one morning I got up and in my email, it said, uh, your Instagram email changed and I got hacked. I got hacked this week. And so my account got totally taken over, got hacked. Uh, some guy from Sri Lanka is posting that Jeremy Bosma is making money off of Bitcoin. And people are texting me at all those different things. And I was like, what's going on? And can I tell you, I didn't care that I lost Instagram. Uh, I did care if maybe he's going to rip somebody off that I love and know that follows me or whatever. But can I just, I almost sat down and said, Lord, are you using a man from Sri Lanka? to help me not to be distracted in my life? Because there's something about being bored, but here's the second one is 
negativity bias. And we, get, we just get negative. We have a bias towards negativity. And we even see this here with, with Martha. Martha was distracted. And so she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care? Do you, do you, do you see what? And sometimes when we're in pain and the Holy Spirit trying to speak to us, we go, what about them? Because of them, and this is why. And, and, and if you would just, and this sometimes this is where the genie in the bottle comes in. Lord, if you would just answer my prayers, then this would happen. But here's the problem with negativity bias, that we're more attracted to negative events, that we allocate all our attention to them. That's all we think about. And, I'm, and, I, and, I, and I tell you what, I, I don't pick a side. We, we, I pick kingdom. I pick Jesus. But there is algorithms out there for social media, CNN, Fox News, every, every which news station, MSNBC, all the, everybody, Review Journal, all, all those things. They, they, they know that when you report negative events, it gets more views. It gets more people watching and all those things. And we have a negativity bias. But you know what my Savior says? My Jesus says? He says, therefore, we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. So let us lay aside every weight, man, every sin that clings so closely. Let us run with endurance, right? Because I can handle that pain of the race that is set before me. Looking to Jesus, not out here. But man, let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And here's my guarantee. If you fix your eyes on Jesus, the foul and perfecter of your faith. Faith isn't negative. You're perfecter of your faith. If you keep your eyes on Jesus, you're going to have a positive outlook on life. Storm's still there. It's, distractions are still there. But Jesus, he, he does something inside of us. So here's the next one is, is uh, you all ready for this next one? This next one is uh, rumination. So not only, you know, I'm bored or I'm negative, but we kind of ruminate. And that rumination is we have the tendency to keep thinking about bad experiences. Something you did, something someone else did, something you don't have and others have it. And you become distracted by regret, distracted by comparison or anger. And we, get, we just ruminate on that. This is my overthinkers in this room today. And we, and we, just, we just ruminate and we just go, well, if this, and, and, and we just, that is all we spend our time doing. I wanna encourage you that the danger in ruminating is a lot of times, it, it kind of becomes more, uh, your prayer time kind of becomes more of a ruminating time rather than a Jesus time. And just to say, and, and, and can I tell you, God knows your heart and he knows your thoughts. Might as well just tell him. Just to tell him. But as we tell him, we need the time to allow the silence to hear that still small voice inside of us to heal us. Second Corinthians chapter 10, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ, to obey Christ. And this is meant easier said than done. This is a journey. And there's, there's steps to take in this. But here's the last one is the happiness adaptation. I'm going to tell them real smart, but I had to do some study on this. And this is so interesting. Our happiness tends to adapt to our environment and our circumstances. Our happiness, and they call this the, the, uh, the uh, hedonic treadmill. The hedonic treadmill is the tendency to quickly return to a baseline level of satisfaction no matter what happens to us in life. 
And so I'm gonna take a step further. The phenomenon of acquiring what we think we need for total satisfaction and we are never, never satisfied. How many know what I'm talking about? If I could just get this, and then when you finally get it, you realize it didn't do anything on the inside of you. It might for a little bit. And here's what's so interesting. Here's the hedonic treadmill, right? Here is, here is happiness. Here's lifetime. And what happens is, and for a lot of us, man, we'll start out with a negative experience and we're, we're just real low. But then guess what? We go back up to our happiness uh, level. And then maybe something really good happens, right? And we're happy for a little bit. And the next thing you know, you still have the thing, but then your happiness goes back down to the same level. And this is what kind of takes place in our, in, our, in our life. This is science, all right? And so with science, we go, man, God is good, right? All the time. And then you're like, God is good. Some of the time. And for many of us, we, 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 we try to measure our Christianity here. Or sometimes we measure it here. And sometimes we measure it here. But I want you to know, it doesn't matter where you're at on this. I'm not saying bad and good and bad and good. What I'm saying is it doesn't matter where you're at here. We still have to identify with pain and discomfort. We have to say, God, what are you teaching me? Because a lot of times when we're up here, we, we, we're giving into all, all sorts of distractions. We're fine. Everything's good. But when we're down here, I wonder if Jesus does a work inside of us down here or here. But I, I really believe God could do a work inside of us no matter where we're at. No matter where we're at, I'm striving for that dream car. Where you're gonna get, you're gonna get that dream car. I mean, you might sacrifice family and people along the way, but you're gonna get that dream car. And when you get that dream car, that that novelty begins to wear off. Or I get that RV. Or I get that timeshare. Or I get that whatever. It's going to wear off. I know. I want you to see this. The thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come so you may have life and life abundantly. How many know in this room, man, you could probably raise your hand that you're so confident to know that there is nothing in this world that will make me happy or fulfill me than Jesus Christ. Amen? And so here's the steps I want us to take. And so I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm guessing that some of those have hit you right between the eyes. Oh gosh, why did I come today? You know, why? On my audience is like, why am I listening? You know? I want you to know there's a couple of things that we can do today. That when the pain comes, you want to give in to the temptation. No temptation has seized me except what is common to everybody else. But God is faithful. He always provides a way out. There's always a way out. So when pain or discomfort comes, man, those are the things that we tend to, to do to be distracted. But when pain or discomfort comes, what should I do, Pastor Jeremy? First thing you should do is you should pay attention. You pay attention. Pay attention. We shouldn't be so quick to, you know, like medicate ourselves away from, from pain. We shouldn't be so quick to just throw on our phones or internet or call somebody. But we should be able to just, just for a moment, just to pay attention. You know, for me, I was, before Instagram got hacked, right? Be praying for your pastor, you know. Before my Instagram got hacked or whatever, I remember I was, I was literally just driving down the road and driving hands-free and... And all of a sudden, the stoplight hit, and I was just thinking. And all of a sudden, out of, without thinking, I grabbed my phone. And at the stoplight, I'm, you know, let's, let's look at, you know, Facebook or check my email. It was something. Light turns green, and you go, okay, keep going. And, you know, like, and all of a sudden, I caught myself. I go, what am I doing? And I just convicted 
everybody in this room, by the way. And if I didn't, then you're, you know, you're perfect. I'm glad you're here. So I remember I put it back on, the, on, the, on the, uh, my phone, back on the uh, phone holder. And, and I asked myself, because I'm learning too. I said, what was I thinking about before I grabbed my phone? What was I thinking about? And what I was thinking about was, it was, you know, how was my day? I was processing. And then my mind took me to a painful experience. Or my mind took me to a, 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 a you know, stressful thing. Oh, man, I got this to do and this to do and this to do and this to do. I have so many things to do. I'm just, and I grabbed that phone. I want you to know, you cannot call something a distraction unless you know what it's distracting you from. Mm, come on, somebody. That is so good. You cannot call it a distraction. I'm distracted. What are you distracting from? What's your distraction from? So I want you to ask Jesus a question today. What am I distracting myself from? The moment you grab your phone, what are you distracting yourself from? I encourage you, if you journal, get your journal out and say, this, today at 1.45 p.m., I grabbed my phone to do this and that. And I did that because I was feeling, and I want you to sit in that emotion. I was feeling this. I was thinking this. I was doing this. So, and I love this, Pastor Lindsay and, and Reverend Levi last week. <laughs> they hit Psalms 139. And, 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 and this is David. He says, search me, God. And know my heart. God, 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 and you hear me out. God already knows what's in there, but we need God to tell us what he found. And if we, if, if, if we, don't, if we just don't pay attention, if we're not silent, we say, Holy Spirit, what is it in me? Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts, my worries, my pains, my discomfort. Help me to know. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Can I just encourage you? There are people in this room that they have been Christ followers for 30, 40 years, and they've never allowed the Holy Spirit to do this because of the pain and discomfort. Because of what's going on in our life. Did I just step on something? I don't know what it was. Come on. The, the devil tried to distract you. <laughs> but we've got to ask the question today. Holy Spirit, search me. What am I distracting myself from? And it can be as simple as, I'm distracting myself from a really hard project. I'm distracting myself from <laughs> the dishes, you know. But for many of us in this room, we need to say, I'm distracting myself from, from the pain and discomfort of. Bob Goff said this so well. He said, an, exam an unexamined life is a fog of distraction that obscures our whole identity. This is such an important topic for me because I believe that if the devil can distract you, then he doesn't need to destroy you because we don't know who we are that I don't know God and I, I really don't, I've never been free and, and I don't know what my purpose is. And I'm not really making a difference, but only the, uh, the brutally honest are willing to see a newer, a better and bigger picture. Abundant life in Jesus Christ happens through the pain, happens through the discomfort. And so uh, we need to pay attention. But number two, we need to change our talk. I'm so glad this is number two, all right? We need to pay attention. And you're like, woe is me. You know, like, I'm terrible. But we need to change our talk. And I want you to know that, that to manage the discomfort that tugs us towards distraction, we need to think ourselves differently. We need to think ourselves differently. 
Now, for many of us, as, as a distraction comes, we go, ah, I can, I can, I can hold on for, for so long, and I can, I can, I'll fight against that. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, you know, and, and against principalities and darkness and distractions, you know, and, and all these things, and I can only fight for so long. I want you to know that our self-control does not have a limit. It does not have a limit if we have the Holy Spirit in our lives, the comforter, the one who gives us strength. And I'm probably going to prove it to you. Are you ready for this? Here's my question today. Think about a time or even right now, right? Think about something that makes you upset. Situation or scenario. We're in church, everybody here today. Online audience, you don't have to comment what makes you upset. But what's it? What makes, what makes you upset? And here's my question. Has it made you upset for a season? A moment? Or is it years? Or is it days? Or is it weeks? And here's what I learned. I want to ask the question today. Does anger run out? Do I run out of anger over an unresolved thing in my life? Do I run out of anger when I want to, when I need to forgive somebody? But Lord Jesus, you don't know what they did. And if you were to tell me the story, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah, like, let's go get that. I know some people from the east side, and we will find them, and we will, we, we've acquired a set of skills to lay hands on them. <laughs> like, I get it. I understand it. But if anger doesn't run out, then neither does willpower. And so with this, I don't want you to say, do it, come on, let's fight this thing. I want you to give yourself grace. If you fail, if we mess up, we screw up. If we sin, we backslide. We give in distraction. It's a big rabbit trail. It's a detour. You're on YouTube for hours. You're Netflixing, saying not just one more show, but one more season. You know, you're, you're, you're just a hot mess in this room today. I want you to give yourself grace because we need to change our talk. Matthew chapter 12, for the, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account, and I want you to see this, for every careless word they speak, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And here's what's interesting. To those who are, there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, right? And by, by Jesus, we are justified. Justified means just as if I've never sinned. And in a new context, in a new lens for me today, I wonder if Jesus was really saying the words that you speak over your life, you need to change our talk so we could change our mind. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. I wonder if the way we speak will justify us or condemn us. I wonder if the way we speak is, is, is causing our life not to have the abundant life, but the distracted life. By what we're saying. By the way we're speaking. Because it, it is not a coincidence that Jesus said, out of your heart, your mouth's going to talk, and then you're either justified or condemned. Man, let's change our talk. Let's have some, let's fix our eyes on Jesus to say, I can break free. I can be healed. And here's, I'm going to help you out with this. I saw this this week, and this is my challenge. I got two challenges for you today. Here's your first challenge. I want you, starting today, to talk to yourself as you would a friend. Somebody know, I'm talking a good friend. <laughs> A good friend. Like, yeah, you do, you, you, you nobody, you know. 
but a good friend. What would you tell a really good friend that you love? Man, I know you screwed up, but man, let's, let's get back up. Greater is he that's in you. Than... But will you talk to yourself as you would a friend? I want you to, to pay attention. I want you to change your talk. And number three, I want you to find trusted community. And this is so important. This is not a Sunday morning plug to get you into a small group. Okay, it is. <laughs> but there is something powerful. Just had a great conversation with a man of God just before service. That man, we pay attention. We allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in our life. And we allow God to help us filter our emotions, our feelings, our pain, our, uh, our discomfort. But also God chooses to use live human beings in our life to minister to us as well. Because as we say, I need to get free from distractions. I need a brother that I can go to and say, These are what, this is what's distracting me from. This is my pain. This is my discomfort. And there's going to be times and moments in my life where I, I, I'm just going to give in. I'm, I'm going to be so tired of being sick and tired that I just, this is just how it's supposed to be. This is my thorn in my flesh. And this is just how it's going to be for the rest of my life. And your friend's going to go, no, that's not abundant life. Man, that's not what Jesus has called you to do. And I love this in James chapter five, it says, therefore, hey, hey, whoa, 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 hey, hey, hey. Okay, all right. <laughs> James chapter five, therefore, we're church plants. So we don't have the touch screen yet, all right? It says, therefore, confess your sins. Woo, amen. Now the Catholics in this room, you're like, yeah, I got this. <laughs> but it says, confess your sins to one another. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. Did you know when you confess, there's another scripture, if you confess your sins, Jesus, he'll always forgive you. Jesus, I confess, and Jesus says, I, I forgive you. I'm, I, I forgive you. But according to James, confess your sins to one another so he can heal you. So he always forgive you, but he chooses to use people to help heal you. Because God loves people. And so, yes, there's small groups that are so powerful, but also connect one day. I'm here to tell you, serving in community. That's how you, that's how you find some common interests. That's how you're like, man, what's your name? What's, what's this and that? And I love even seeing, our, our, like, like we have small groups all across the city. I'm so grateful in our homes and coffee shops at, at Avenue HQ. But also we have small groups in the back of the house called production team, worship team, greeters, ushers, Avenue Central. I'm here to tell you, join Connect one day. Man, what, what's the requirement? You can breathe, you know? But I want you to go, do, uh, join us and Connect one day, but I want you to pay attention. I want you to change your talk, but I also want you to move out of your comfort zone. I want you to move out of your comfort zone. I want you to move out of your comfort zone because even right now in this service, we have the desire to just be distracted. Just end the, just pastor, just pray. <laughs> just pray. I got to go. I got to, I got to go to lunch. I'm going to go back. I want you to encourage you to move out of your comfort zone. You know, life is painful. Life is, is, is tough. It's not an easy life because we live in a broken and sinful world. We live in a world that, you know, just all that. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life an abundant life. Sometimes there's the, the pain of life sometimes isn't as great as the pain of change. And I just want to encourage you, man, do not, do not let it get to the point where the pain of life becomes greater than the pain of change. Don't let it become greater than the pain of change. 
I've been seeing God do such a work in my, even just in, in, in not, not theology, but in, in ways seeing how distractions destroy us. But for many of us, we, we stay stuck because we're distracting ourselves away from the pain of change. From the pain of change. In Jesus, Matthew chapter 16, he said, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. I wonder, I, this is just, my, my, just something I'm seeing. I wonder that when Jesus says, whoever tries to save his life, I'm, I'm good, I'm fine, everything's hunky-dory, you're going to lose it. I wonder if the individuals that say, I'm going to lose my life, meaning I'm going to allow myself to confront the pain and the discomfort. I'm going to allow myself to pick up my cross. Crosses aren't like on your neck going, yay! Crosses are, man, we're nailing stuff to the cross. It is painful. It is difficult. It is uncomfortable. And I wonder, I just wonder if we say, Jesus, I'm going to give in. I'm not, I'm not going to give in to the pain, but Father, I'm going to allow the pain to be your tool to change me, to help me to understand. And Jesus says, for my sake, you will find life. But I'm here to tell you, Matthew chapter 11, I got to say it again. Come to me, all who labor or are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle. I am lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. In just a moment, I'm going to ask you, church, in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to you know, stand up, but I want you to ask those to come forward. Let's say, man, I want to get out of my comfort zone. And I want to, I want to embrace the pain of change to allow the Holy Spirit to just give me a moment. I don't know what's going to take place today. I don't know if we're going to be here forever. You know, I don't know. But I want us to give the Holy Spirit time here at this altar. Because your altar represents, I'm laying something down. I am, I am literally laying my heavy burdens at the cross of Jesus to allow the pain of change. And there's some great steps that we'll go through that. There's rooted taking place. There's small groups. There's counseling. There's counselors available that we can help get you connected to. But man, today, will we get out of our comfort zone? Because here's my last point, is I want you to forgive yourself. I want you to forgive yourself. I want our church, and we're really good at this, but I want our church to be really good grace talkers to ourselves. The biggest enemy is in a me. The biggest enemy is us. Man, nobody beats up Jeremy like Jeremy. I want you to forgive yourself. And here's my second challenge for you today is I just extend an invitation to come to the front. We have prayer teams that's going to be available. Our worship team's just going to do one, what, half a song or one song. But I want us to take a moment today to pay attention. I want us to, uh, to leave our comfort zone today. And you don't have to bear all to our prayer team. It's confidential. They, 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 they're phenomenal. I want you to come forward in just a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in your heart. It might take seconds, it might take days, it might take years. But here's my second challenge today. 
So I want you to forgive yourself as you would a good friend. As a good friend. Because as you leave your comfort zone and step into the pain zone, I want you to know that the abundant life is an authentic life. You want the abundant life that we got to come before the throne of grace, come boldly before the throne of grace and just say, here I am. If that's you, we just, everyone stand in this place for just a moment. I'm going to pray. I feel the Holy Spirit so strongly in this room today. Man, we like to have fun at Avenue. Man, we love to worship. Raise your hands. But Holy Spirit, today, do something unique inside of us. The Father, thank you that although the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, I am so grateful. I am so grateful that you have come, that you didn't get distracted, that, Father, you fought against all temptations. I'm so grateful you walked as a humble man on this earth. And although you said, let this cup pass from me, nevertheless, let your will be done. I lay my life, now pay the price. He died on a cross for us today, not just for our salvation, but also for our healing. And so church, I just want to encourage you. I'm going to pray in just a moment. But if you're willing to step out of your comfort zone and you're willing to ask the Holy Spirit up here, I want you to lay down every frustration. I want you to lay down every distraction. I want you to lay down every moment, every circumstances. There's so much more I could preach on, but I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he does best that I cannot do. So go ahead, worship team. I want you to sing that song. Go ahead, Abby and, and Leah. But if that's you, just step forward. Step out in the aisles and come on forward right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on. Come on. I'm so proud of you. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead, prayer team. Come forward as well.
Man, with every head bowed, every eye closed. Man, I'm so grateful. And I know God's doing what he does. So Holy Spirit, I just ask you today, help us to embrace the discomfort of change. Father, help us to embrace the pain of change. Now, Father, I thank you that we, when we confront it, when we address it, that a loving Savior, a God of, full of grace and mercy, he begins to heal us, begins to touch us. Father, I thank you that your love is greater than the pain. I thank you for hope today. I thank you for what you're doing in this church. So Father, with every head bowed and every eye closed, every online audience attendee, man, if you want to give your life to Jesus, and you say, man, pastor, <laughs> I'm, man, I, like, I like to think that we have no hidden skeletons if we give our life to Jesus. Because the Holy Spirit occupies every area of our hearts. Maybe you walked in here today without joy, without hope. Maybe you walked in here today saying, man, something needs to change in my life. If that's you here today and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, I just encourage you, will you just raise a hand, put up real high for me? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to single you out. But if that's you, just stick a hand up for me. I see hands. Yes, yes, yes. Yep, yep, I see it. I see it. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. That's a lot of hands here today. Devil, we, we, we refuse to be distracted. And so, man, let's all pray a prayer today. And then I'm going to close out. Our host will come up. But if you need to stay in this room, stay in this room. If you need to go to Connect, get into Connect in Jesus' name. If you got to go, you got to go. But, man, let's give the Holy Spirit time so we can pay attention so we can allow him to do a work in our hearts. So everybody's, every single person in this, in this trusted community, I want you to raise your voice and say, dear Jesus, say thank you for dying on the cross. Say thank you for paying for what I did. Say today, I repent of my sins. I changed my mind. I changed my speech. Say the best way I know how. I'm gonna live for you. Say I now know I'm undistracted. I now know. I'm saved, I'm redeemed, I'm a child of God.